books by Michael Iaconelli, who uh, died a few years back in, in a car wreck. And he was uh, a wonderful minister and, and uh, a great youth minister. And he always um, talked about, uh, and he had this thriving youth group. And uh, the parents, and he would teach the, the children about being peacemakers and what all that entailed and how you spoke truth to power and, and being nonviolent. And the parents would always say, oh, we just want our kids, we're sending them to the youth group, we want them to be nice and polite. <laughs> you know, but being a peacemaker and what that means in the world and, and just having a different presence there and how wonderful that is. <clears throat> so I'd like to read uh, from the, the Gospel of Mark here. And this was actually in our lectionary uh, where they have designated readings throughout the year. This was the, the reading uh, last week, and I, I remember hearing this so often when I was a child, uh, as well as an adult as well. And so this is from Mark um, chapter 13 here. The necessity uh, for watchfulness is what they call this particular sec section. But about that day or hour, nobody knows neither the angels in heaven nor the Son, but only the Father. And here's the words that always got me as a kid. Beware. Beware. And what kind of reaction do you get to that word? Beware. Keep alert. For you do not know when the time will come. It is like a man going on a journey, and when he leaves home, and puts his slave in charge, each with his work, and commands the doorkeeper to be on the watch. Therefore, keep awake, for you do not know when the master of the house will come, in the evening, or at midnight, or at the cock crow, or at dawn, or else he may find you asleep when he comes suddenly. And I, what, what I say to you, I will say to all, keep awake, keep awake. These are the words of God uh, for each and every one of us here today. Amen. <clears throat> and as Jesus tells his disciples uh, uh, to be aware, to, to keep, keep awake, be alert, what is he talking about there? What is, uh, maybe you have a, uh, what comes to your mind there? Be awake, be alert. Let's take a few moments just to pray silently and to reflect on that. Let us pray. Going back to a little bit what Eloise was talking about as well when she was uh, being intentional about asking people who uh, were not churchgoers what, it, what peace meant. Uh, 
maybe for a moment also think about that if we ask someone who was not uh, attending church, what does that mean to be awake, to be alert, to be ready? And even within the context of, of church as well. So anyone with thoughts on what Jesus might be referring to here about being awake? Yeah. Althea? <laughs> okay. <clears throat> well, let's go home. <laughs> we still have life. <laughs> We're not dead yet. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yeah, Vanessa in the back here, then you, Michael. For me, it's about um, my spiritual program. You know, my conscious contact with God, my, my prayer, my reading, my Bible, and continuing the good works that, that I do, and just trying to be, do the next best thing. Okay, yeah, yeah, wonderful. A spiritual program, a, a spiritual practice. We have this routine that we go through, and the routine is anything but a routine, but because we always have new revelations, and just reading scripture, listening to good music, and praying, and good deeds, and something that helps keep us, you know, on track there, yeah, on that path, yeah. Yeah, Michael, what are you thinking? I don't know, just as a casual thought with that whole thing, I just don't feel like life was built to be easy, we're not supposed to just kind of take a free ride, so the idea is, is be aware, stay awake, pay attention, learn, uh-huh. grow, um, yeah. But don't get complacent because the plans will all be changed. <laughs> right in the middle of whatever you have going on. Right. Get adaptive. Be, uh, be prepared to evolve. Be prepared to have your ideas challenged and broken. And adapt new ones as long as it maintains the idea of peace. So again, it's going to be a wild ride for the rest of our lives and then maybe even beyond that. But don't get complacent. All right. Stay away. Yeah, stay away. Don't... Don't get complacent. Continue to evolve and grow and be ready to change and uh, uh, modify. Maybe we get some set beliefs and having to let some of those things go. There's an old expression, we would rather die than die to whatever it is versus change and, and have that life that Althea is talking about. Yeah, be awake. Yeah. Did you have your hand up, Lee? I did. It is. Um, I'm thinking about driving a car and how if you stay awake, you stay on track. And if you don't, <laughs> you can steer off track and get hurt. But um, I think it's just to remain focused and make sure that we're going in the right, on, on the right path. Okay, yeah. Remaining focused and on that path, yeah, on that every, path. Every, you know, every road goes somewhere. So we gotta make a decision. If we don't wanna go where this road is going, we should get on yeah. Right, yeah, every road, yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah, thank you. Thanks for saying all that. Yeah, Erin? I've been thinking about the importance of present moment focus because the, the content comes and goes, the stressors come and go constantly, the challenges to our ethics or whatever. Um, and it seems to me that the, the answer in all of that to be peaceful is to connect with doing our best in the moment Okay. Um, that's something I'm really trying to work on. <laughs> right. Yeah. Being in the the present 
moment. And we're going to have all those stressors. They're going to be, well, I don't know why as a kid I thought that at some point they might just disappear, but we just learned to, <laughs> we learned to live with them. And maybe they don't have as much importance. We don't attach to them maybe. And we live in that present moment. Yeah, Amaris? Before you do stuff, like you have, always have to like not get distracted and do other stuff. You have to stay. Yeah, stay, stay in that moment. Yeah, think before we do things. <laughs> stay in that present moment. Yes. Yeah. Doesn't that give you hope hearing these young children with <laughs> like, wow. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Being present there. Any other thoughts on being awake? Being present? Okay. Yeah, well, thank you for your comments. And, uh, and certainly, um, I grew up in the United Methodist Church, uh, and I'm pretty sure we got a lot of grace in the church there. I got it from somewhere there. But uh, also, for, I always picked up some fear as well uh, from the church. So it's oftentimes I had conflicting messages there. Um, and I call this... Uh, <clears throat> Meditation here, you better watch out. You better watch out. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I lived my early um, elementary years in a very small agricultural community, probably just a little bit bigger than, than Mancus in central Washington. And, and from June through August, uh, the town revolved uh, around the cherry harvest. And, and I'd go pick cherries as a little kid. And I just loved doing that. And then from August to November, the community centered on the apple harvest. So there's always this abundance uh, of fruit in the community that I, that I grew up in, between the ages of 5 and 10, 4 and 10, I should say. And then after the harvest seasons, we would turn our eyes towards Thanksgiving and Christmas. And there was a real sense of abundance in our community, literally and figuratively, in Grandview, Washington. And migrant uh, farm workers, uh, they, they were always passing through for the harvest seasons. And they seemed to, in my mind, to just intermingle seamlessly with the local population. And I can remember some of my friends, especially early on in the year, they were present. And then one day, they were gone. And they just moved on, you know, with the, with the crop productions and the harvest. And, and But we lived together and became friends. And I loved walking downtown during the holiday season. And the local merchants, they decorated their storefront windows with Christmas trees and nativity scenes and angels on high and sleds and winter coats and stocking hats and, and the latest housewares for the, for the new year. And Christmas lights, much like in, in Manchester, they just ran up and down Main Street. And my favorite thing of all, and I just loved it, I wish we had this in Mancus, was they had a public sound system downtown. Anyone remember that from some of the towns you grew up in? There was a public sound system which would broadcast Deck the Halls, Joy to the World, White Christmas, The Little Drummer Boy, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, and Silent Night, all of our favorite Christmas music. And I walked lightly through town with my friends while singing Christmas music after school. And the spirit of the season was in the air. And it was indeed the most wonderful time of the year. And all was good. And the best harvest, though, the best harvest of all, 
was coming on Christmas Day. And as a little child, that was the presents. <laughs> the presents. And day after day, Sammy and Rudy and Robbie and I, we would walk downtown and we looked at the decorative storefronts and we listened to the songs of Christmas. And one song, though, it always made me happy. And at the very same time, it would make me pause with fear and anxiety. An artist would sing, you better watch out, you better not cry, you better not pout. And then later it said, he's making a list and he's checking it twice. He's going to find out who's naughty and nice. And I love the refrain, but the song scared me as well. And my friends and I, we knew the rules of Christmas. If we were good during the year, which is a very long, long time, a long time to mess up, we would get presents on Christmas Day. And if we were naughty, we would get a chunk of coal. And as a five, six, and seven-year-old kid, I took this quite seriously, resulting in a fair amount of anxiety and fear for me. And I was always calculating in my mind, have I been good or have I been naughty? And of course, always the answer is yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. And I was a good kid. But to be good for the entire year... I forgot about every other week, despite repeated warnings from my parents, to take the trash out to the curb. I never could understand why Dad just couldn't take it on his way to work. He was already up. He, did. he was up early, so why don't you just take it out to the curb on Wednesday or Thursday morning there? <laughs> and I usually didn't clean up the yard of the dog waste before my dad mowed. And I joined the other kids at school, and I made fun of little Rodney one time until he cried. And I got into a shouting, I always remember this, I got into a shouting match with my sister at the tennis courts. And I used some adult words <laughs> to tell her how I felt. And then she tattled to me, to my mother. And I thought I was a pretty good kid most of the time. But how much wiggle room was there between getting a lump of coal or a new three-speed bike for Christmas? How much wiggle room was there? And imagine my consternation when I went to Grandview United Methodist Church and we went there every week. And during the Advent season, and I heard the minister read, Beware. Beware. Be alert. You do not know when the Lord of the house is coming, whether it's in the evening or at midnight or at the cock crow or in the morning. Beware. Beware. And Father Richard Rohr, he comments on this passage, and he says, most of us, and I know I did, most of us probably hear such a passage as if it were threatening or punitive, as if Jesus is saying, you better do it right. You better do it right or I am going to get you. But Jesus is not talking 
about a judgment. He's not threatening us or talking about death. He's talking about the forever coming of Christ, the internal coming of Christ now and now and now, and hope and peace and joy and love are forever birthing into our lives and into our world. So be awake. Be ready. Pay attention. Hope and peace and joy and love are all around you and even within us. Pay attention. And I do not remember exactly what the minister said, but I remember leaving church with conflicting messages as a child. Our Sunday school teacher and my parents, thank God, always said God loves us all the time. And somewhere, I don't know where, it's the question I've always asked, somewhere along the way I picked up this message, God loves us if. And you can fill it in. I have no idea where that came from. <laughs> God loves us if. It was a contradiction to what my parents said and those Sunday school teachers told me as well. God loves us if. And then at the very same time where I'm processing all these things, I heard echoes of that song. He's making a list. He's checking it twice. He's going to find out who's naughty and nice. Well, do we live out of fear of eternal punishment if we are not always good? Or do we live out of the abundant love and the peace of the birth of Christ into the world? What do we live from? Out of fear or out of that great love and grace? And Brendan Manning, he quotes uh, Thomas Merton's solution. And Thomas Merton says, Quit keeping score altogether and surrender yourself with all of your brokenness and flaws to God who sees neither the score nor the scorekeeper but only his child redeemed by Christ. Quit keeping score. And this is the good news that we sing about all year long. All year long. Quit keeping score. And just accept that God loves us. And then when we have that realization, we move out of that deep love, out of that deep peace. Because God is not a petty bookkeeper, but a lover. A lover of life and people. And the great task of religion, says Rohr, is to keep us fully awake and alert and conscious. And this is not a threat, but the gift of holiness and the sacredness of life. And when we are present and when we are awake, we will know the presence. It's a wonderful quote. When we are present, we will know the presence. And when we are awake, when we experience Christ consciousness, we will know that we are deeply loved and forgiven and redeemed. We will know the everlasting gift of Christmas. That Christ is always coming. That God is always present. And my prayer for all of us is that this Advent season that we may sing the songs of Christmas with great joy. And that we may be aware of God's grace moving through us 
and through this world in this moment, right now. Amen. Amen.